0: Welcome to episode two of the Effective Faith podcast, a weekly podcast answering questions about productivity, tools and gear to help us get stuff done, as well as theology, Christian living and how to approach getting things done in a way that supports our overall well-being and helps us to honour Jesus better. Benjamin Franklin is reported to have once said, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Apparently, though, there's no substantive evidence that Benjamin Franklin ever did say that. I suspect uh, he never made a plan to say it, and therefore he just never got round to it. His loss. But is that true? I've often thought about it like this. Imagine a Roman general who, when he saw the barbarian hordes coming over the rise in a surprise attack, just yelled, CHARGE! without even taking a few seconds to consider his troops, his enemy, the terrain, and the environment, and then devising some kind of strategy. You'd think that he was a pretty terrible general. Honestly, we don't need a a highly complicated and involved planning system, but having a plan is essential to being effective. There's a great moment in the movie Jaws, I don't know if you've seen it, Uh, where we see uh, Brody, the main character, very deliberately seeking a target, taking aim and firing his rifle. But Brody, he doesn't shoot the shark that's about to eat him, no. He shoots the gas tank that's in its mouth. See, the idea I'm getting at is that planning ahead is all about strategy, about tactics, and then precision execution, It's about thinking ahead and making effective choices in advance about how best to steward our time. It involves thinking about what's important, what's possible, both in the sense of our limitations and our opportunities, what's urgent and what might divert, distract or derail us. For most of us, you see, our work, it involves a never ending supply of new stuff coming in to us often from people who have no idea what's currently on our plate and often with the sense that whatever it is, that thing should be our most pressing thing right now. But the question is, how do you know? How do you know if you physically have the time for these new things coming in? How do you know if these requests, these opportunities are more important than the other things that you need to do? Well, the answer is you have a plan. You've looked at everything and you've decided that the best way to deal with a shark is to shoot the gas canister and not the shark. Now, circumstances may mean that another target, one that you didn't know about before, is a better one or that you can't actually hit all of the targets that you originally aimed at. That's okay. We always need to be flexible with any plans that we have and any plans that we make. But if we don't have a plan... We'll pick our targets based on what we see first, what shouts the loudest and looks the scariest, rather than what's actually necessarily best. It's called being busy, but it's called being ineffective. So making a plan, it's all about deciding what's important and at least for now, ignoring everything else. A huge amount of our stress in life comes from the burden of all of the things that we know that we're not doing right now. The things that we think we could be doing, the things that we might have missed. Planning ahead means we can consider everything that we're aware of and all good conscience decide what we're not going to do that day or that week. It helps to give us a sense of peace over the things that we can't do, it helps us to avoid overcommitting ourselves, it helps us to avoid stress, and in the long term it helps us to avoid burnout. This kind of daily planning is best done in two parts. The main part is done at the end of the day before. There are two reasons for this. Firstly, Putting together a plan the night before helps us to close down the day. We end the day knowing that today is finished. We have a plan for tomorrow. It helps calm all of those thoughts that go through our heads. When am I ever going to do that? And secondly, it helps us to start each and every day well. We already know what we're going to do. We can crack right on. So do the bulk of your planning the day before and then tweak it first thing the next day. You see, for daily planning, energy levels and other factors like that come into play. When you plan your week, you can't have perfect foresight. You can't know that by the time you get to Thursday, you're going to feel like you've been hit by a freight train. When you do daily planning, you can take that into account. Having two stages means you can tweak your plan based on how things actually are on the day. So how do you do it? How do you actually plan your day? Like I said, you can do this in a meticulously detailed and complex way, or you can have a very basic approach. Cal Newport, the author of Deep Work, recommends something called time blocking, where you give every single minute of your day a job to do in 15 minute blocks of time. Personally, I recommend a less detailed approach that allows for flexibility without having to plan and replan the whole rest of the day every time something goes wrong. A word of warning, most of us, myself included, we tend to plan our time with the view that we're Superman and that we're going to get green lights all of the way. You're not Superman. You will not get green lights all of the way. This is a disastrous approach. We go through the day feeling like we're behind and stressed. We end the day feeling like a failure. And our work is shoddy as we always rush through things, desperate to get everything done on an impossible list. The adrenaline makes us feel like we're really, really busy. We have a really high capacity. We're really important. But this isn't a good thing. It's why I prefer the term effectiveness to productivity. You see, a lot of people are very busy doing a lot of things, but they're not very effective. It's very hard to be effective when we don't have a plan, when we work in a reactive state rather than a proactive one. We may be getting a lot done, But we really aren't doing that much that's important. We need to plan realistically. Disturbances, distractions, crises, they happen. Your co-worker, he empties a waste toner cartridge down the sink as he thinks that's what needs to be done with it. It's really not. It will stain the courtyard purple. You get called into the kitchen as there's a leak. Only to discover a vegetable leak sitting on the sink. Or your boss drops a massive load of work on you at 3pm. You get the idea. So this means our planning needs to be realistic. We need to plan with flexibility. We're not God. We don't have perfect foresight. What was most important at 9pm yesterday or even at 9am this morning may no longer be most important by 2pm Something else has come up, something else has taken priority, and that's okay. When we plan, we plan to manage our time, our energy, and our focus. You can't go all guns blazing for 24 hours. It's just not humanly possible. It's worth working out when we're at our best and our brightest, planning to do the difficult things that require more energy, more focus, more cognitive function at those points of the day. As I said, I follow a a two-stage planning process. Each of those two stages has a simple checklist. At the end of the day before, I start by reviewing any uncompleted tasks from the day, and I decide if they need to be done tomorrow or another day or, perish the thought, deleted altogether. And then I focus on what's important to get done tomorrow. I set myself three objectives for the day. These are the three things for the day that I decide they're going to have the biggest impact, my must do tasks for the day. And in order to aid my focus, I flag those as priority one in Todoist. That's the task manager I use that makes it go red and it really stands out. Now, you might be thinking at this point, three tasks isn't a lot. It isn't a great deal at all. Well, it it does depend on the task, doesn't it? If I'm leading a small group. One of those objectives for the day might be preparing a Bible study, or it might be preparing a a budget presentation or implementing a new building maintenance plan that I've put together. The idea is these tasks, they're big impact, and that normally means that they require time and they require focus, but not always. There have been times when my main objective for the day, the most important task, the thing with the biggest impact, was to buy coffee for the office. Not hard, not time consuming, requires little focus, but this can have a massive impact. The year after coffee came to Europe, the Reformation happened. I'm just saying. Next, I choose between 7 and 12 other tasks uh, to give priority to. Some of those I'll flag for the morning, others I'll flag for the afternoon or the evening. These are the tasks that I decide are next most important for the day, and this is what I'll do if everything goes to plan. As I do this, set my objectives and my other tasks, I consider my calendar and the relative size of the tasks I'm looking at. You see, if we've got five hours of meetings through the day, that's going to reduce the amount of other tasks we can complete. So don't bother putting them on the list. You're never going to get them done. And all you do is make yourself feel like a failure. Looking at your calendar gives you vital intel on the day ahead. You might see that come 4pm, though you've still got time left in the day, your brain's going to have melted and your ability to focus is gone. Or you might see that you need to stay fresh because you've got commitments and things happening in the evening. And that's going to affect how you plan your day to make sure that you can meet all of the different needs and demands that there are for you. Now, at this point, uh, some tasks allocated for the day, they won't be flagged. Some of these will be basic tasks, not particularly important. They just need to get done. But others will be important, but I haven't flagged them as key for today. What do I do with those? It varies. Sometimes I leave them on the list in case I have time. I might reschedule them for another day later in the week. Or sometimes I'll remove the date from them completely. I'm not going to do them this week. The next morning, stage two, I do what I call uh, my Coram Deo. And I've taken that one from Tim Challies. That's not my word. It's not his word either. It's actually a Latin phrase that means in the presence of God. So I begin my day by praying that in all I do and in all I don't do that day, that I would have wisdom and that I would have godliness and that I would work in a way that honors him. Then I check my calendar. I check my objectives and my other tasks for the day. And I check that it all still seems reasonable as I start my day. And then I get cracking. My end of day plan takes between 15 and 20 minutes and the quorum deo takes between 5 and 10 minutes. Combined, they are a very powerful tool to focus me in using my time in a deliberate way and in an effective way. Uh, a word on checking emails. Many people start their day by checking emails. That can be a necessary thing to do depending on your job. But for me, I like to wait 90 minutes or so uh, before I check my emails to allow me to get some of those important tasks done. And I figure if anything urgent is going to come in that can't wait 90 minutes, it's not going to come in via email anyway. So that's really it. That's how I plan my day. And that's why I think daily planning is so important. If you found this valuable at all, then please like this podcast, subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And please do share this on social media. And if you've got any questions that you'd like me to consider in a future episode of the Effective Faith podcast, then please email me. It's effectivefaith15.58 at gmail.com or use that contact form on effectivefaith.org. And there you have it, a plan for the day. And today I leave you with a reminder that whilst we plan and make plans, we do so with humility. Words attributed to Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face.